Lime Ninjas and welcome to episode 79 of Lime Ninja Radio. I am your host McKay Rippey and with us all the way from lovely La Jolla, California is our certified show producer and the brains behind our business, Aurora. Hello and I am so excited to share today's interview with Kay Ellers who talks about her and her son's struggle with Lyme. But before we get into today's episode, we want to let you know about our free Lyme Ninja Brainwave Breathing Cheat Sheet. Thanks, Aurora. Some experts believe a big part of Lyme brain is the dissynchronization between the hemispheres, between the left and right hemispheres of the brain. And I also notice in almost all of my Lyme patients that their blood oxygen levels are a little bit low. So instead of about 98%, which seems to be about normal, it tends to be 94%, 93%, something like that. What this all adds up to is the brain isn't operating properly. And that leads to the symptoms you're so familiar with. Problems remembering words, remembering names, you forget things, you get easily overwhelmed, and sometimes even word salad comes out of your mouth instead of sentences. Brainwave breathing is a simple and powerful technique. It helps clear your brain, calm it down. It's easy Anybody can do it anywhere, and it works. For example, Lime Ninja Jillowee's B wrote to us, and she said, Brainwave breathing helps me to mentally relax. It has a meditative quality, too, and definitely helps me focus. There really is no negative aspect to this technique. I even did it while driving my car. It may have looked a little odd, but who cares? If you want to get your free brainwave breathing cheat sheet and the video training that goes along with it, pop on over to LimeNinjaRadio.com for the details. That's LimeNinjaRadio.com. Okay, Aurora, tell us a little bit about today's Lime Ninja. All right. Kate Ellers is a stay-at-home mom whose oldest son's behavior changed dramatically when he was four. OCD, speech impairments, and aggressive behavior sent her online in an effort to figure out what was wrong with her son. Much research and a trip to a specialist in Chicago later, she suspected her son had PANDAS, which is a pediatric strep infection that includes severe neurological symptoms. He was put on a trial period of antibiotics on which he improved rapidly. At the same time her son was visiting the doctor, she tested positive for Lyme disease. She believes Lyme disease is also a factor in her son's illness. As of now, both she and her son are on antibiotics to combat their infection. Thank you, Aurora. Here is our interview with Kay Ehlers. Hi, Kay. It's McKay Rippey. Hi. Thank you for calling. Thank you for being on the other end. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) So tell me, how many children do you have? I have two boys. Uh, Henry is 10 and Silas is uh, four, almost five. Okay, so you have to tell me about Henry and Silas's names because those are great names. Oh, thank you. Where does Henry well, come from? Uh, Henry is named after um, my husband's grandfather, Henry. Um, 
so our last name Ehlers is very German, and mm-hmm. um, so uh, that's where Henry comes from. And then Silas, we uh, honestly just sort of liked the name, which I swore I would never do when I had kids. I always <laughs> said, <laughs> really sad when my mom would just say, "Well, we just like the name," um, but we just like the name. So, um, and there's actually quite a bit of Henrys now coming up. Uh, a few years younger than our Henry, but I haven't met too many other Silas's. So. No. Yeah, so you started the Henry trend, huh? I, I guess. I, I didn't know I did, but yeah. Oh, which which one or has pandas? Henry. Henry. Um, yes. Um, so, I don't know if you want me to, I don't know how much you know about pandas. Why don't we start at the beginning, because I don't know a whole lot about it. Okay. I can start out with uh, our issues with Henry, or I can just tell you what Pandas is, first of all. Well, you know what? What happened? And then we'll get into okay. what it is. Okay. Well, I mean, so Henry has never been the picture of health. Um, from the outside, you'd probably say he's healthy, but um, he had colic as a newborn. He had some food intolerances that took me some research and, you know, took me some investigative work to figure out. Um, he had some sensory processing issues um, where he, he, he didn't like it if you touched his head or if you said bless you when he sneezed or if he got hurt, he didn't want to be comforted. Um, so those were all things that we dealt with when he was younger. And then when he was four, it was like a, a switch flip. I remember he suddenly got very aggressive and defiant and he'd always been, um, you know, very strong personality, but very sweet. Um, and this was just very obvious change in personality. And I remember locking myself in the bathroom to get away from him because he would come after me and, wow. um, he started hitting me and, you know, I was, I didn't know what had happened to my sweet little boy. I was really upset about it. And, um, I started reading that, you know, when kids are, when boys are four, they get a surge in testosterone. So I was like, okay, well that must be what it is. Um, but of course, now that I have another little boy who just turned four, I realize that there's much different uh, levels of aggression and yeah. that what Henry experienced was pretty over the top. And then um, when he was five, we noticed his behavior uh, starting to escalate. Um, I got strep throat around that time, which I'm very prone to. Um, as far as I know, he's never had it or he's never been diagnosed with it, but that's uh, part of pandas, which I didn't know at the time. Um, <clears throat> so I got strep throat, and Henry's sort of out of control. I mean, he would, if his baby brother even looked at him, he would scream and run away. Um, he would demand we say the password and, and block our way. Um, he, and he would always look terrified. He would be defiant, but at the same time, he would just look absolutely terrified. So... Um, Age six, um, I get strep throat again, and he. I notice that he is completely out of control. Um, age eight, I notice that he started. He's he's kind of got a speech impediment, and he he has since the beginning. But I started noticing that he had this um, stuttering thing at the end of his speech called a final word disfluency, um, where he would say, "Let's go to the store," or or. Hmm. Um, almost like he couldn't stop mm-hmm. his sentence. Um, so then last February at age nine, um, 
there's a virus going through our household with me and my younger son. Henry never gets sick, but he, he starts complaining that his throat's really dry. Mm. Um, and that's when I start noticing these over-the-top OCD kind of behaviors, which were really new. He starts washing his hands so much that they become raw. He won't use the bathroom towel because he says it's too linty. So if he dries his hands, he'll inspect them after he dries them. And if there's any speck of lint on them, he'll go and wash, wash them, them again. Wash them again, right. Um, his stuttering is continuing. He starts being a little bit more emotionally unstable. Uh, um, he has this bedtime routine that he's always been attached to. We always read together. And, you know, he's kind of he's got a few things that he likes to do before he goes to sleep. Sure. But he starts adding to it. He starts, he's got to have his stuffed animals in a certain order. He has to have a certain order of hugs and kisses and drinks of water. And um, his dad has to start coming up. I mean, he's just increasing and increasing. Um, let's see. He. So how are you, always, at, at this point, what are you thinking? Um, I, you know, I didn't know what to think. Um, you know, we always say, oh, it's good. Wash your hands when you get home from being anywhere. But then obviously this is a little over the top, but the biggest issue that sort of led me to researching and hitting upon pandas was that he started obsessing about urinating. Hmm. He would go in the bathroom, um, to use the bathroom before bed and he would stay in there and cry and scream and say, I can't get out. I can't get out. Huh. He would go to the bathroom and then he would feel like if he left the bathroom, more would come out. And um, he never wet the bed, but that's also um, sort of a hallmark panda sign. Kids who shouldn't or haven't had any issues with urination start having it. Um, so, you know, he'll he'll be in the bathroom at that point he would be in the bathroom for half an hour crying Hmm. and he would be begging me to help him i know you can do something you can fix this which is heartbreaking because i had no idea what to do so um so i started sort of you know googling and um have no idea what this is but um because he's had some health issues i've been uh, a member of some online forums for moms with kids with allergies and other things. And one of the moms uh, had some kids with pandas. And so I start, you know, peppering her with questions. And she says that it sounds like it could be pandas. So um, I, uh, I actually found a book on my bookshelf that my sister had given me a while ago called Saving Sammy, which is about um, a boy who had pandas. Hmm. And I read the whole book and it, Although his story was a lot more extreme, um, there were a lot of things in there that sounded familiar. So um, our doctor, who's a wonderful doctor, but she is a primary care physician, not a specialist of any kind. She, she's very supportive, but she has no idea what to do. Right. And she'd never, right. never come across this before. So I found a pediatrician outside of Chicago, which is a couple hours away from us, who specializes in pandas, and we got Henry in to see him, and he, the problem was that uh, pandas is dependent on uh, strep, a strep infection that attacks the brain, so you don't ever see strep throat necessarily, or any symptoms of illness like you'd normally see, but uh, instead your your body makes antibodies, or 
I think it's uh, your own immune system starts attacking your brain instead yeah, of the exactly. virus. So uh, we go in to see him, and Henry's streptiders are kind of borderline. They're not really high like some kids with pandas. Um, the symptoms fit, the, the history, you know, with my getting strep a lot and Henry being exposed fits. Um, but he wants to do some diagnostic testing, which involves putting Henry on Augmentin um, antibiotic for 14 days and seeing what happens. Right. And when Henry's on Augmentin, his behavior totally clears up, like all the symptoms go wow, away. Wow, really? Really. I mean, it was pretty traumatic. And then at the end of the 14 days, you know, the antibiotic starts getting kind of old. Uh, Henry's symptoms started coming back. And when he went off of them, uh, the antibiotic, his symptoms all came back, mm. um, which was scary for Henry because he knew yeah. know, this is over, everything's going to happen again. Yeah. So, um, so then the doctor, as part of the test, also wanted to do what he called a steroid burst, um, give him steroids for a few days. And at this point, I start thinking that I might have Lyme disease and I have a test out uh, with Igenix that I'm waiting for. So, and I, of course, yeah, let's pause there. Why, so what, why do you think you have Lyme? Well, I've had a lot of uh, health symptoms throughout my life. Um, and again, the same online forum of moms uh, whenever I would say, oh, I've got this symptom, I've got that symptom, they'd say, have you checked for Lyme disease? Because <laughs> good, some of them have Lyme them. disease. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, I've been hassled for years by especially this particular one woman who said, you know, her whole family has Lyme disease, and she's like, have you gotten tested? You should get tests. That can present as, you know, Lyme disease can present that way. So, um, you know, I've just, I've never had much stamina. I've never felt as strong as, as other people, even in childhood. Um, I had stretch marks when I was 10 uh, and I did not gain any weight, was not ever overweight as a kid. Yeah. I had chest pains when I was 10. Mm. Um, I have a history of amenorrhea. Suspicious. Um, yeah. Leg pain on and off for 20 years. So, um, so I finally decide, well, you know, I know that I'm reading that pandas and Lyme disease can be connected, and I just think, okay, it's time. I just get tested, and our doctor is very supportive of that. And Great. So, yeah, she's she's a wonderful doctor. So um, uh, this doctor in Chicago wanted to put Henry on steroids, and I had been reading how that's not a good idea with Lyme. Yeah. And so I was kind of hesitant, but he... And I had asked about Lyme at the appointment, and he pretty much dismissed it. Mm -hmm. He's, I think he's very good at what he does, but he's sort of myopic in that it's, he deals with pandas. It's, it's you know, how it's, they're it's, trained, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because he's sort of out of the mainstream. But still. But st yeah. <laughs> still sort of, uh, you know, just looking at this one thing and not yeah. possibly anything broader. So... Uh, but, you know, Henry's behavior is so horrible, and the doctor won't prescribe any more antibiotics, so finally we tried the steroids, and it didn't do anything. Did it make it luckily worse? It it, luckily, it didn't really seem to oh. make it worse, but Phew. it didn't improve it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, um, and then I got my results back, and they were positive hmm. for Lyme disease. Okay. Um, so... We tried to get uh, Henry tested as well, and his results were 
pretty much negative. Band 41 showed up, which from my understanding is not indicative of Lyme disease necessarily. Um, but that's the only one that showed Depends up. Depends on who you talk to. Dr. Horowitz says any of them. Okay. And his his thinking is that because they're all Lyme specific, that you just may have a slightly different variant uh, that may not show up on the other bands. But if you have one of them, the chances of you having it in his mind are pretty high. Oh, anyway, I just thought I'd pass it along. Yeah, well, it's my understanding that 41 is not necessarily specific for Lyme, yeah. that it's the only one that's not specific for Lyme. I could be wrong. But um, in any case, it wasn't a strong positive. Yep. But but I, my thinking is that because I think I've had it my whole life if I wasn't born with it, that mm-hmm. I'm sure I passed it on to Henry. Yeah. So um, so the doctor in outside of Chicago um, ultimately said that he thinks that Henry has pandas, um, but he his route he doesn't prescribe long term antibiotics. His route is IVIG, yeah, which is yeah, uh, yeah the intravenous immunoglobulin, yep. um, which I was not crazy about doing. It's very invasive. Um, it's very expensive. Very expensive. Insurance doesn't pay for it. And yep. It can be ten thousand to twenty thousand per time. Wow! And some of these parents need you know, multiple, uh, you know, IVIG procedures. Yeah. And even then, sometimes it doesn't help at all or it helps for a while and then all the symptoms come back. Yeah. And then my other my other uh, concern with that is because it's antibodies deri- derived from plasma of human donors, who knows what those human donors have that they don't know to screen for. Exactly. Um like Lyme disease or any of the co-infections. So, uh, I mean, they screen for what they they know about or can, but I just wasn't, I don't know. I I know that some parents have gone that route and their kids have been really completely debilitated and uh, they they think it's been life-saving for their children, so I'm not knocking it, but I just wasn't there, you know. Um, So... This doctor wouldn't prescribe anything else for us. He was pretty much, you know, do the IVIG or nothing. Hmm. So luckily our doctor prescribed uh, for Henry for a few months until he could finish school. And in the meantime, we made an appointment with an LLMD. Um, And so Henry and I went to go see him in June. And essentially the end of the story is we're both on two kinds of antibiotics right now. Okay. Um, and a ton of supplements and, you know, other things. But So. And so how's, how's treatment going? How long have you been on the antibiotics? Uh, since mid-June, so a few months. And, um, you know, so far so good. I've kind of, I've never, I haven't had any really bad Herxheimer reactions. Um, I've had some bouts of fatigue, leg pain. Um, nothing too horrible. Uh, and Henry seems to be doing fine with it, although he can't swallow pills, so I have to mix everything up and squirt it <laughs> into his mouth. And it doesn't taste very good. So no, it he, doesn't. He's a, pretty good, he's a good sport about it. But, um, you know, I don't know if we can do this for forever. And I'm not really sure what the long-term uh, game plan is for him either. I mean, I feel like we're still... I mean, this all just started happening last spring, 
um, in treatment just since last June, so I feel like we're all still new to this. Yeah. And uh, um, I'm not sure where we're going to end up, if we're going to do some herbals, too, or homeopathy, or, you know, I'm, I'm open to any anything that would help. Yeah. So are his symptoms getting better? Are his, his symptoms, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, he's definitely calmed down uh, from when he had the, the main issues. Um, he still has the things that he sort of always had. He likes the routine at night, and um, he still has some sensory issues. Um, and it's interesting because on the message boards, there are moms whose kids have been diagnosed with autism, and when they started treating for pandas or Lyme or, or whatever, um, they feel that their kids don't have any autistic symptoms anymore. Mm. And, and while I don't think Henry has full-blown autism, um, there are some things that seem spectrum-like to me, and I'm just curious to see if those things sort of subside. Yeah. And then how are you feeling? Are you, you told me a little bit about the Herxheimer. Are you feeling like any of your energy is coming back yet? or? Uh, not really, no. <laughs> I okay. still, you know, I, I'm kind of committed to doing this for, well, the doctor wants to do it for years. I mean, mm-hmm. he says it takes years. Um, but I'm hoping to see improvement in six months. I don't know why, but that's sort of an arbitrary deadline for myself to start feeling something. You know, mm-hmm. I want to start feeling a little better. I'm going to be on antibiotics that long. Uh, I want to know that there's going to be a payoff. So, uh, yeah, luckily my husband is extremely supportive, and um, I'm a stay-at-home mom, so I don't have to get up and go to work every day. Yeah, that family support is critical. And Mm -hmm. you, you, you've been you, plural you. We don't have the right word for that in English language, but your family's been through so much. I mean, that's, yeah, that's a lot of stress. It was a lot of stress. And uh, trying to keep track of everything that I need to take and Henry needs to take. And, <laughs> you know, watching for symptoms. And now he's got a, some kind of virus or something that's been going around, you know, back to school in yeah. fall. Um, and so he's had a little cough and a little dry throat. And so my, you know, my senses are sort of heightened. Of, yeah. Is he going to start having a flare-up because that's, kids do often when they're exposed uh, to illness. So, and I still don't know if Henry has specifically pandas or not, but um, I can give you the definition of that. Um, yeah, why don't, why don't you? Yeah, so pandas is, stands for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Disorders Associated with Streptococcal Infections. Um, so it refers to a subset of children who exhibit rapid onset of obsessive compulsive behaviors hmm. and or tics um, following uh, a strep infection. So tics meaning like physical tics? Physical tics, yeah, yeah, not the Lyme tics. Yeah, okay. Um, and Henry never really had the, you know, the tics except maybe the stuttering if you consider that a tic. Mm-hmm. Um, but he definitely had the obsessive compulsive behavior. And so the, this was, pandas was first identified in 1998, um, and then 12 years later, um, PANS was identified, and that's Pediatric Acute Onset Neuropsychiatric Syndrome, and it's kind of the same t- 
type of thing, but it refers to cases where different infectious agents trigger the symptoms, not not strep. Okay. But it could be mono or walking pneumonia, right. flu, or Lyme, Lyme disease is included in that. Um, and so pandas is a subset of pans. Right. It's interesting. But, I ha- I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, that's okay. I was I, just going to say that there's a lot of parents on the message boards who think that this is all caused by Lyme disease. You know, we can sort of pick it apart and call it different things, but that Lyme disease is behind all of it. Hmm. And what's your thought about that? Um, well, I mean, I don't think your immune system goes wonky for no reason. Mm-hmm. So I wouldn't be surprised if it is... Uh, Lyme disease or some other infection that's taken hold of your system um, and then triggered by exposure to mold or, or you know, exposure to um, other viruses and things. Uh, it doesn't definitely seems like a lot of the people on the message boards come to the message boards because their kids have pandas and then find out their kids have Lyme disease. On top of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it's definitely one of those under the radar on the diagnostic side of things, not on the symptom side of things, but on the diagnostic side of things. Mm-hmm. And and then do you, I mean, do you have hope for the future or you kind of wait and let's wait and see or? Um, well, I, I mean, I definitely have hope. I've been fighting since he was a baby to figure out what I can do for him. Uh, health-wise, colic and then food intolerances and then, you know, everything he's had, um, just working to boost his immune system. And, you know, we went gluten-free our whole family nine years ago, um, took him off gluten, took him off dairy. We're pretty much a uh, paleo diet now. Um, and I think all those things really helped him. Um, and I wonder sometimes what he would be like if he were still eating gluten or if he was, you know, eating the standard American diet. So worse, uh, yeah, much worse. I'm sure. Yeah. And, but there's, you know, there are a lot of things that we can still do um, to sort of help him. And you know, I I've been trying to keep our house a little bit cleaner and looking at air filters. And we just had a, our house inspected for mold just to make sure that you know there wasn't an ongoing issue. Um, and trying to sort of keep a lookout for behaviors for him, too, because his school, his classroom um, is in the basement of an old school that's been flooded. Oh, great. And, uh, yeah, his first year in the basement was last year, and so he had all these symptoms in February. So I, they say there's no mold, um, but, you know, who knows? Um, So, but to answer the question, yes, I have hope. I, I... I just try to take everything as it comes, and I'm always researching about things that I can do to help him with detoxification and methylation and, you know, supplements to sort of boost his immune system in general. And it's funny because he has complete trust in me, you Mm -hmm. know, when this was happening. He Mm -hmm. said, I know you can figure this out. I know you can look it up and figure out what to do, (laughs) which is a lot of pressure. It is. It's it's also very sweet, and he knows that's how I operate, too. I have a, an English and journalism degree, and I'm just always reading and researching. And You know, I never did anything professionally with the degrees, but they've definitely come in handy. I 
parlayed my English literature degree into an acupuncture degree. Right. Well, it all relates, <laughs> doesn't it? Yes, medicine by poetry, I like to say. Sure. <laughs> now, the other thing I'd like to ask you is, what advice do you give other moms in trying to, you know, help there and be there for their children and dealing with the frustrations and the doubts and the late nights and um, you mean kids who have this kind of issue or just, just Lyme in general? Yeah, just in general, I would say. Well, I mean, I'm very open with Henry about what I'm going through and what we think that he has and what supplements we're giving him and why. And I always have books laying around that have flipped through. Um, you know, it, and it is hard to be patient when he's... Uh, up for the fourth time in the night and, you know, he's supposed to be in bed and he'll come and say, Mom, I can't sleep or Mom, you know, whatever, or Mom, I'm scared. And it is really hard to be patient when I just finally want my time to relax. But, you know, I, I try to remember that these behaviors are not him. You know, he can't help some of it, especially when he was in the throes of it. I mean, he, he really... We, at first, we would sort of try to talk him through it, like, okay, deep breaths, you, you can handle this, you can right. do this. But we started to realize he, he really couldn't. He really had no control over it at all. And, I mean, it was so bad one night, my husband and I, we weren't a thousand percent serious, but we're a little serious that maybe we should call the, you know, the psychiatric hospital because we did not know how to get him out of the bathroom. He was just in there crying, and he, he had the door locked, would not let us come in. Wow. And we did not know what to do with for him. And, you know, it's, I wish I could uh, sort of relay exactly what this experience was like because it sounds pretty benign talking about it now. But No, it doesn't. I mean, he was just yeah. out of his mind. And, um, you know, luckily our little one is a deep sleeper because Henry was just really crying and sobbing and screaming. And, and the door was locked. So, and the door was locked yeah. and he wouldn't let us in. Brutal. Um, to try to help him. So, I, you know, I, I guess when it's that bad, I would tell other parents to reach out to message boards because once I found other parents who were going through the same exact thing and were very supportive and um, had suggestions about what things to try or people to contact, that was very helpful because in my day-to-day -day experience, I don't know any other parents that have gone through this. Right. You know, I know a lot of other moms through the school and I don't know anybody else who's gone through this or anything even like it. Either they're not talking about it, which is possible, or, you know, it's just not statistically in our area. Um, you know, for example, one of the things before we could get him on uh, antibiotics again, they said uh, try ibuprofen mm. and Benadryl to reduce the inflammation. Mm -hmm. And that did seem to help. You know, I don't want to do that forever. Right. But but when you're desperate and your kid is begging you to help him, um, right. you know, and what's funny is this is a kid who for over nine years had never had any antibiotics at all. Hmm. And I was very proud of that, you know, <laughs> he, homeopathy and sort of natural everything. He's hmm. had ibuprofen here and there, but, you know, so uh, it's hard for me to sort of... Um, reconcile us being on antibiotics, really strong antibiotics long-term. But right. um, And it's interesting, too, when you see moms coming on the message board saying, 
I don't really want to do antibiotics and, you know, and, and not that I think they're, it's great that we're on them long term, but the other moms all sort of jump in and say, yeah, your, your paradigm is going to change a lot with this disease. You know, what you thought was your, you know, line in the sand is, it, things change when your kid has this disorder. Yeah. So, and oh, one other thing that I, I wanted to mention was that, um, so pans and pandas, what makes it pans and pandas is abrupt dramatic onset. It's not just if your kid starts developing some OCD or um, any of these other issues. It's Some parents will say it was overnight. You know, I, I had one mom um, message me and tell me the story of her son after she's, I shared my story and she said that sounds like the beginning of, of the story with my son that I wish I had paid attention to. Um, she said her son one day got off the bus and she grabbed his backpack to carry it for him and he tackled her to the ground and started spraying Purell all over her because she had touched his school backpack. Wow. And everything from school had to be decontaminated with this elaborate process. Um, things from home could not touch school things without this process. I mean, it, she said it was overnight. It was just very freaky. Um, so it's definitely an overnight thing, but there's, there are, uh, I've got a list of symptoms here. If you want me, besides the OCD and the ticks. Um, yeah. Why don't we go? Be, why don't we go through those? Wrap up that way. Okay. It can be sudden rage, um, depression, or anxiety, or panic attacks. Um, their handwriting might suddenly deteriorate. Mm-hmm. Their math ability, math ability might suddenly deteriorate. Uh, heightened sensitivity, noise, light. Um, Disordered eating, some kids will start restricting and avoiding food, um, so they'll, they'll develop anorexia, um, and I guess that's because the food will start having some sort of sensory aversions, you know, the smell or the, the texture. Um, uh, sleep disorders, where they won't sleep. Um, behavioral regression, where they'll start, you know, playing with toys that they haven't played with since they were babies, um, or or other behaviors that, you know, are more indicative of little kids. And with Henry, he never played with stuffed animals as a little kid, and he started pulling them out. Um, mm. We had a basket of them in the basement and naming them and having this whole routine at night with them. Um, and then the last one, which is sort of a hallmark, is the bedwetting or urinary frequency. And that's the one that really tipped me off. It kind of pu- pulled it all together for you. Right, yeah, because yeah. I just thought, you know, that's, that's just so... I, and I still... It's interesting because he tried to explain to us exactly what was going on, and I don't think we still quite understand. We'd say, so you feel like if you, you know, leave the bathroom, more pee is going to leak out? And he would say, no, you don't understand. <laughs> but but that's what it sounded like it was going on to us. So, I, but, it, you know, it's... It's just so strange how on antibiotics all of this went away. So when I I read about doctors who say, no, this is not a medical issue, this is a psychiatric issue and you need to treat it with psychiatric drugs, I get really frustrated because I've seen the dramatic difference and there's no doubt in my mind that, you know, this is caused by an infection. I have an interview that I haven't released yet that was done with a 
psychiatrist, and he came to Lyme disease through psychiatric disorders. And mm. the inflammation from and around Lyme can wreak havoc on the brain. And it looks psychiatric, but the the cause isn't. Mm-hmm. And he's he's very he's very old fashioned. He said, you know, th- they used to teach diagnostics in school. If doctors would just simply do what they were trained to do, they'd figure this out in a heartbeat. He said, right. but we've lost our ability to diagnose. People are in too much of a rush. And um, it's it's interesting that he says things like that. So right. it's it's problematic, and these. Well, children in general and everybody who gets sick needs an advocate. And uh, especially when you're feeling good and you can't explain yourself very well, or even when you do explain yourself, it just doesn't sound right hearing it back to you. You know, Mm -hmm. how how can it be that simple, right? But if your brain's inflamed and and you can't think properly and everything is an irritant, then, then you can just imagine how the whole world would just be awful, awful place to live. Right. Well, and it's interesting, too, that doctors don't acknowledge this when, you know, rheumatic fever is um, a strep infection gone wrong where your body's immune system attacks the heart. So it makes sense to me that it can attack other organs as well. Um, And I guess I, in all the research I've done in trying to make Henry and our whole family well, my younger son has some food intolerances, too. Um, I've just always looked at what is the root cause. Mm-hmm. You know, I never just accept that sometimes people just have food intolerances. No, there's, there's got to be something. I just never accept that's it as an answer. And so I, I just don't accept that sometimes kids just develop OCD. Um, you know, there's got to be something that we can do for them. I was reading... And I've, I'm unfortunately not that great with names, but is the twenties is kind of, it's around physics and talking about new discoveries. And they're talking about quantum, quantum physics and quantum mechanics and this sort of thing. And essentially one of the, the founders of that branch of physics was saying, yeah, you know, it takes an undergrad, it takes a somebody who doesn't have their PhD to really make any significant progress in in moving science forward because by the time you've got your PhD, they've taught you what you what can't be done. They've taught right. you what isn't so and and you're too smart to ask the dumb questions. Like, why not? Mm-hmm. Or what is the cause? Right. Because you're too educated. So it takes people like you, like me, like those in the community who ask the simple questions, the tough, simple questions. And the doctors don't actually think through it. They just dismiss the question. It's it's mm-hmm. literally an unthinkable question for them. And the right. ones who, who do wake up all of a sudden go, oh, my goodness, look at this whole world. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, at least you found a doctor near Chicago who opened his mind toward the possibility that pandas exists. You know, that, that right. in itself is a miracle. So good, right. good work. Well, and I'm hoping that our doctor, who I do adore, um, although she's working in a standard medical practice, um, she's very uh, open-minded and very supportive. And she always says that her patients teach her more than she teaches them. Yeah. Um, 
so I, she had never heard of pandas, um, had never experienced it, but she, um, you know, I think I'm hoping that if she ever runs across another patient with these issues, you know, she'll, she'll know what to do or at least know how to direct them. Yes. And that, that's the second part of it is there, even if they do recognize it and, and diagnose it properly, their hands are tied in terms of what they can do for treatment. Yeah. And yeah, I was actually very surprised that she was willing and able to prescribe some antibiotics for us um, for, you know, a few rounds of it until we could get in to see the Lyme doctor. Yeah, well, that's fabulous. You, right. th- that's, encourage her, send her flowers. <laughs> <laughs> I should. We love her, so. Okay. So in wrapping up, is there anything else you'd like to say that hasn't been said or a website or a group that you'd like to point people to if they want more, inf- more information about pandas? Sure. I've got uh, a couple resources here. There's, um, there are many Facebook groups, actually, um, but a couple that I've been on are uh, Pandas Parents um, and then one called Pandas, Pans, Lyme, Tick-Borne Diseases, uh, which is kind of nice because... Um, you know, it's sort of everything all in one. Mm-hmm. And then there's another one called Parents of Kids with Pandas. And these are all Facebook groups? Those are all Facebook groups. And then there's uh, a couple websites that were helpful for me when I was first looking into this. One is uh, the Pandas Net Network. So that's pandasnetwork.org. Okay. And then there's one called ACN Latitudes. ACN stands for Association for Comprehensive Neuropathy. And they are at latitudes.org. And they have information and message forums, which were very, very helpful as well. Um, and they sell a 37-page ebook on pandas, which I, I bought, you know, when we were in the throes of this. That was very helpful. Terrific. Well, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you being willing, your being willing to share your story. And it's really that's you know we're diagnosing over the backyard fence, and yeah, that's what happened in your group, and that's what I'm hope happens with Lime Ninja Radio, and because that's that's the only way that's going to get done these days. Well, I hope you know I I hope that our story helps some other parents. Um, because I know uh, we were pretty lost when this first started. And knowing now that it's connected to Lyme disease, or at least in our case, I think it is, um, it, it's something for people to be watching out for. Yes, indeed. Kate, thank you so much. You're welcome. That was such a fascinating interview. You know, Kay Eller and her son's story just goes to show that just because you're diagnosed with a more widely recognized disease doesn't mean that a Lyme infection can also be a factor. You know, that's so true. And it seems like the more we move into the 21st century, the more we find out that infections are playing a big role in lots of different health Things. There's even a, a bit in the news, some research being done uh, asking if Alzheimer's could be infectious. And they weren't thinking about it in terms of bacteria and Lyme disease. They were talking about other infection pathways. 
So what mm-hmm. we thought was kind of handled in terms of when we discovered penicillin and all these other antibiotics, you know, we had these exotic, strange diseases and viruses. We're all scared about the Zika virus and Ebola and stuff like that. But there's these day-to-day infections that seem to be hanging around. And if something like strep can cause such a massive change in a child's behavior, you know, what are some of these more virulent infections doing? So it's it's just a... a brand new, brave new, scary world to learn about in terms of these co-infections, Babesia, mycoplasmas, uh, the mold infections, all these things can infect their body and change behavior and change their physiology. So stories like Kay's and her sons are critical to help us be aware that this is around us and that we need to keep our radar open and engaged with the possibilities of infections. Mm. Okie dokie. Yes, you have to stay vigilant. That is for sure. And if you need more Lime Ninja in your life, make sure you subscribe to us on your iPhone or iPad. And that way you won't miss out on great conversations like I had with Kay. All right. Also, please leave a review for us on iTunes. If you're listening on your iPhone, search for us on the podcast app to search for Lawn Ninja Radio. Find the search icon at the bottom right of your screen. Tap it. Type in Lawn Ninja Radio. And when the search is complete, you should see a big green ninja button. Tap it. That will take you to another screen. Tap the reviews button in the middle. Then look for the write a review link below and Tap on that and make sure to leave us five stars. Thanks, Aurora. That's a dissertation on how to leave a review. You think everything Apple does is so simple except for leaving a review. So we'd really, really appreciate it if you took the time and effort to hunt down the review section and and leave one for us. By leaving a review on iTunes, you help more people find this great information about Lyme disease. And last, this podcast any podcast, but particularly this podcast, would not be complete unless we left you with the Lime Ninja fact of the day. Did you know 15 people have gone over the Niagara Falls in the barrel, but the only person to go up the falls was a ninja? Lime Ninja Radio is a purely public broadcast and is not intended to be personalized medical advice for any individual's specific situation. Each individual's medical situation is unique and Lime Ninja Radio should not be relied upon and or considered as personalized medical advice. Lime Ninja Radio is not licensed to render medical advice and should be considered simply the public opinion of Lime Ninja Radio and its guests. Recommendations on specific treatment options are not intended to address any listener's particular medical situation. As always, contact your physician before considering any new treatment.